Hello and welcome to Harbor for the Arts podcast. I hope you guys have had an amazing week this week. I know that I've had a pretty good week. It's been really busy, but overall it's been, you know, it's been okay. It's been okay. I've been um, doing well keeping up with making sure that I have an episode for you guys every week. Um, Today is uh, another week that I am pretty much on point. I tried to get this up on Wednesday, but you know, like I said, my goal is to get one done every week. Okay. And um, yeah, I'm going to definitely try to do that every week. Um, So far, it's been pretty consistent. Um, I wanted to do it on Wednesday, but um, other things and just being busy, of course, we're all busy. That's a bullshit excuse. But anyway, sometimes it takes me a little longer to kind of um, explore what I want to talk about and then also research it and all of that stuff. So I'm not going to beat myself up too badly over that. Um, I hope you guys are doing great. I hope you're having an amazing week. And you know, something else I really enjoy about this kind of new uh, format that I have going. I'm saving so much time not chasing people down. (laughs) It is really hard sometimes to get people to lock themselves into an interview. And although I am going to be having some amazing guests coming up in the next few weeks, I really decided to be a little bit more forgiving of myself that, hey, you know what? The importance of this podcast is to bring the creative and performing arts and especially people who are in opera together and give everybody just a safe space to just kind of chill out, relax, grab a cup of coffee, grab a cup of tea, a few scones and chill and just listen, you know, and this just be part of a community and feel really good after this podcast. That That's pretty much my goal. And so I want it to be entertaining. I want it to definitely be a space where I leave you with little nuggets. You know, I leave you with little things to think about, to contemplate, to reflect on. I know when I was working on my master's, I remember a professor telling me learning isn't just learning the information, regurgitating it on a, a, a quiz or, or writing a ton of essays. Learning is also reflecting. You have to give yourself time to reflect. So I'm hoping that, you know, one of my goals with this podcast is definitely talk about some things that either people are talking about, they're not talking about, and give you the time during the week to really just reflect on this space and what we've been sharing, um, everything like that. So I've had some really great emails come through over the past few weeks. I'm really so excited. Thank you so much to everyone who's been tuning in. Thank you so much for everyone who has started following um, me uh, even more uh, on my Instagram, which is Brie Cooper Mezzo Soprano. Or again, you can follow Harbor for the Arts as well on Instagram. Thanks so much to everyone who has been tuning in to our Harbor for the Arts Spotify playlist. It's so fun. There's something for like, I know a lot of us like to be in the kitchen cooking. So I have a cooking playlist. There is a playlist to kind of get you pumped for auditions. There is a playlist to just kind of chill. And I don't know about you, but for me as a performing artist, I know that one of the things that I really have to kind of hype myself up is definitely organizing. I like to give myself time to organize and not just organize anything. I mean, organizing my music. 
I could spend hours and hours going through my music library and just organizing it and reorganizing it. Because if you don't know classical singers, <laughs> like most of us know classical singers, we know that we have tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of sheet music that, you know, you go on audition, you pull from this source, this source, this source, you put your sheet music together, you go to the audition. And then after the audition, let me tell you, let me tell you, it stays in that notebook. <laughs> and then a lot of times I will just go get another notebook and then go put some more sheet music in it for the next audition. And then we have our coaching notebooks. So I went through and I just really wanted to just kind of get that stuff organized, get my music organized, get my scores organized. So that's what I did. It was a lot of fun. I'm so glad I did it. So there is a, a playlist for that type of that mood when you got to get stuff done, you want to stay, you want to stay engaged and all of that. So thanks everyone who's been listening and enjoying the Harbor for the Arts Spotify playlist. If you have anything you want to add to it, please feel free. I would love for you to do that. Those of you who have listened to my um, Spotify verified artist account, Brie Cooper, I have some music coming out very soon. I'm very excited about it. Let's just get into it, you guys. I was really happy and excited to read about uh, Opera America's project and their project coming up and I think it's pretty much completed. It's a time capsule for 2070. And this sounds really amazing. Um, what production, they asked, they asked the community, what production of opera experience impacted you the most? And that was the question that Opera America posed to its members as part of a project to assemble a virtual time capsule for the year 2070. And they had more than 300 people submit their memories in 280 characters or less, providing glimpses of how the art form has enriched their lives of, uh, of artists, administrators, trustees, opera goers, and their communities. 100 of the submissions were included in this article and I'm just going to read a few of them which I thought was I, I just think it's really it gives you a whole it almost gives me chills I think it, it is giving me chills when I think about it and you just don't think about how I mean I know what music and opera has done for me but you don't think about sometimes what it really does and how it really impacts other people and I'm getting a little choked up here because it's such an important art form. I mean, anything you do in the arts or creative arts or creative space or, or performing arts space is, it's like, it's like a ministry because, you know, a lot of us are just almost chosen for this. I mean, we study at it. We spend a lot of money perfecting our, perfecting our craft, being the best that we can be. Some of us don't make it to the point where, you know, where we get a lot of notoriety for what we do and we don't get a lot of validation for it, for our contributions in our own way um, that we do, even though, you know, we could be better than some of the people that do get a lot. But, you know, that be, that that is a whole other thing in itself that has to do with, you know, getting the right, just the right team and all of that. And, you know, it's, it is hard as a, like, I'm an independent classical singer, and it does get hard. And, um, you know, to hear how, how this art form 
affects other people. And to hear this perspective, it's just really, it's really validating because you kind of know people come here, you sing. In my case, they come hear me sing. And you know, I, I really feel like it's a ministry and I know everybody is going through something, whatever it is, you know, when people want to go to hear opera or classical music because it makes them feel good. The thing that I've been struggling with the most over the past year is definitely, I know what it does for me and I know what it can do for other people. But then to hear people really verbalize it and put it into words, how it really impacts impacts them and how their experience with with being part of the opera community as an opera goer um, has impacted their lives and enriched their lives. I mean, that's all, that's, that's, that's what you want, you know? And that's what this whole podcast is about, really. Just kind of letting people in a little bit more with the community of, in my case, opera. But definitely, you know, when I started out this whole thing, it was Opera Luscious back in 2013. And it was really for opera singers and perform serious performing artists and talking about real world things and issues that we deal with that are that are specific and unique to us but then as the community grew it became really a place for artists um all artists uh of different genres so performing artists creative artists to come together really just kind of give us a safe space to just listen and learn. And it's been really, really very, very interesting. And and that's one of the reasons why I changed the name to Harbor for the Arts, because I wanted it to be a harbor, a safe space for all of us to kind of come together. So um, anyway, let me get back because I got all choked up and all emotional and I'm sorry, but that's what it that's what it does sometimes. So anyway, let me read this. Read, let me read a few of them. As administrator of the federal September 11th Victim Compensation Fund, I confronted anger and tragedy from victims and surviving families. Opera rescued me in New York and Washington, D.C., providing uplifting performances that reinforced my resolve to finish the task and renewed my faith in civilization. And that was from Kenneth Feinberg. He's, he's a board member of the Washington National Opera. Um, here's another one. 7.05 p.m laryngitis strikes Jean, sorry, Jane Jennings playing Donna Anna in Don Giovanni. No cover. She walks through the blocking. Music director Hal France mimes the role and others sing the missing notes. Curtain. Standing ovation. Disasters? Part of the opera. Jane Hill. She is a former executive director of Opera Omaha. Here's another one. I will never forget the crashing chords of Tosca reopening the War Memorial Opera House in August 21, 2021. After 18 months of silence, it was a moment in which the soaring power of music reverberated like never before, and the company and audience reunited the transcendent beauty of art. And uh, that was from Matthew uh, Schilvok, General Director of San Francisco Opera. Here's one from a soprano. New York City Opera's Stonewall was my most monumental experience as an opera singer thus far. It was a true ensemble piece that was greater than the sum of its parts and amounted to a poignant celebration of how far we've come for LGBTQ+. 
rights, as well as a call to action. What now? Jessica Fischenfeld, uh, she's a soprano. So those were all of the ones um, that I kind of kept up to date with as far as um, the contribution of the virtual uh, time capsule, which I thought was really neat. And I, I thought, what a great, beautiful perspective. I'm sorry for getting so emotional, you guys. I'm so sorry for getting so emotional. That's just, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got so emotional because I think about the audience, you know, um, and what it means. And, and I, I, I would just really love to hear from some of you. What does opera mean to you? Like, what are some of the experiences that you've had with opera? I would really love to hear that. Um, I, I would really love to hear what are some of the experiences that you have had in your experience of opera. Maybe you're new to it. Maybe you're just kind of curious and wanting to know, like, what the heck is all this whole thing about? Why do people scream when they say <laughs> we don't really scream, you guys? Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I would love to hear that from people who are not really opera singers. Maybe you're an opera goer or maybe you're just kind of tuning into this podcast just because you just kind of stumbled upon it. I would love to hear from you. So you can always um, email me or follow one of my pages, which is Harbor for the Arts, and, and talk about it. Let me know what what one of the things is that... that you know, drew you to opera or what does it mean to you when you go to a performance? What was your first performance that you went to of opera? So I would love to hear more about that. And uh, let's get into our topic today. So our topic today is perfectionism. Being a perfectionist, what the heck does that mean? Being a perfectionist. And, you know, I used to struggle with this. And I think a lot of performing artists and creative artists struggle with being a perfectionist. It is so difficult to not be a perfectionist in this business because especially now, I can only speak to being a classical singer, performing artist. I mean, you guys, if you're not, a performing artist. For us, I mean, we could spend easily, I've said this before, we could spend easily an hour trying to make four notes sound right <laughs> or sing it perfectly or like literally we could spend an hour on four notes. Easy. We could spend an hour on four measures. Easy. Not hard at all. And we do that because, one, we try to stay true to what the original intention is of the composer and the librettist, um, as well as technique. Like, you know, what are you doing with your sound? What are you doing with your body when you sing this specific measure that might be giving you trouble? You know, how can you best support it? How is it that this composer decided to write uh, or have this vowel sung on this specific note? He must have known what he was doing. He didn't just slap it on there. So how is it that we can make this sound as beautiful as it should with making sure our instrument is in alignment to be able to produce a sound that will sustain a specific note? We could do this for hours, you guys. It could be one note. We could do it for hours. Easy. But that's where we talk about being a perfectionist. And if it hinders you, I think... Being a perfectionist these days really does hinder you. I think we learn it in school. 
We learn that, and especially once you get to college, you know, you learn that you have to be the best, 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 best that you can be. Um, and then it, does it translate? Does it translate well into the real world? I can tell you now that many, many performing artists work a nine to five job. And I'm telling you the life skills that you get from being a performing artist, honey, we shine. We are the best employees any business could have all because, um, of our work ethic, all because, you know, we know how to make sure something is done correctly. We know how to double check something. We know how to make it the best it can be. And it's not hard for us because that's how we were trained. But I will say this, if you're, if you're a musician and you were trying to get a project done, and a lot of times I think perfectionism definitely holds us back. It definitely holds us back. There are so many people like, wow, you know, you you really record an EP all the time. You're always putting something out. And I really, at the beginning of it, you guys, I really spent, I remember my first, back then it was a CD. I remember the first CD I did and I was just kind of like, and things were done completely differently too. I mean, you had to really, I, I mean, it wasn't as convenient as it is now. But you had to just do all of this stuff, find somewhere to go have it, have a CD house made. And then um, when I say a CD house, you have a CD done by basically a house that produces CD. And doing that, the graphic design, all of that. And I'm sure to some degree it's like that. But as an independent classical singer, um, you know, that was a huge like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get all of this done? And it, I, I took forever you guys, I wanted to do this CD and I think I probably took almost a year to at least get the first one done. And you know, the only, there is only one reason why the first one got done. And that is because your girl had a talk with herself and she said, wait a minute, Bridget, what the hell are you doing? You have been trying to get this done for like a year. And I remember I wanted to have this and this and this. And I couldn't let my voice teacher down and all, blah, 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 blah. Story goes on and on. And then I thought, you know what? The goal was to get the CD done, like do a CD. That's what the goal was. Like, let's not forget. That is the goal. That was my goal for the first CD. It was like, you know what? Do a CD. I didn't say, now I don't know where I got the bright idea of all of these arias I wanted to do, all of this, all of that. I mean, I wanted, oh my God. I was like, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. That was taking up so much time. And if it didn't sound right in the coaching, I was just like, oh, I've got to make sure it sounds good. I can't do this. I won't be able to do that. I have to, no, forget it. I kept canceling sessions at the recording studio because the day before or the week before we would have a coaching before we went into the studio. And I was just like, oh my God, no, it doesn't sound good. I, I, I cannot, I cannot. And so... That was my first um, thought of, wait a minute, Bridget, you're trying to get a CD done. You know, I knew I wanted to do this record label and um, a record label, not really for for anybody else, (laughs) 
record label for me and my stuff, right? Because I wanted to put out stuff and I wanted to be as independent as I could. And, you know, it takes a lot of money and all of that stuff. But I wanted to do that for myself and um, give my music a, a home, basically. So that's what I did. And then I thought, okay, all you want to do is get the CD done. And then my other goal was to really understand how these things work, like how it is to book a recording studio, how to find the right engineer, how to get your CD produced, how to get your CD distributed, how to do this, how to do that, you know, all of that, the research that went into it. So lucky for me, I do like to research. Now, I'm a pretty dang good researcher, okay? I've always been that way. I've always liked to know, like, information. I always compare. Now, we'll take some time and compare what the right thing is for me and what I'm trying to get done. But I do recall, like, just having this heart-to-heart with myself and said, you know what? The goal is to get this damn CD done. So, Bridget what is what's some repertoire that you have that you really enjoy and maybe other people will think like maybe real classical singers or people who are in the music business maybe they'll be like why did you do that but then I thought something that I really like and what I'm really really good at is contemporary opera or contemporary art songs and um you know one of my best uh teachers was Paul Sperry and he was an amazing, amazing uh, American contemporary um, singer of art songs and operas, um, and also William Sharp. Um, so I said, you know, I've always enjoyed singing that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to put together a CD of American. And if you guys remember back in the day, we used to have a uh, song book basically of contemporary art songs. And there were several that I really liked um, and I was very good at. And I think I won a couple of competitions for contemporary art songs. Um, So that's what I did. You guys, I decided, you know what? Screw the arias. I'm not going to do an aria right now. That's not what I'm feeling comfortable with. I felt comfortable with the contemporary art songs. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to do a CD of contemporary art songs. And that's what I did. And that is what got me out of my rut. So here I am looking to be the best and be perfectionist and be perfect and all of that. When really, yes, you know what? There's always something you can make better. There's always something you can make better. But in this case, I was kind of like, Bridget, in this case, you're going to do the best you can. And guess what? It is not up to you. It is not up to you once you record it that's it get out of your own way because honestly and and that was the most valuable lesson I learned that once I decided you know what I the the point is for me to get this project done that was the point for that was the point get a cd done once I came up with a repertoire I wanted to do Got in there, found a really, I mean, he was so good. I love him. He's not even in business anymore in this days, but I loved him so much. He was so great to work with. He knew his stuff. He had dealt with classical singers before. Um, and I recorded it at his studio. It was amazing. It was so awesome. I, I just, it, it was so great. So that's what I did. 
And I am so grateful that I had that opportunity to do that because I don't think I would have learned that lesson any other way. And I realized, you know what? There is one aria. I mean, everyone knows this one art song, Sure in the Shining Night, which is a beast. And it is really hard. But you know what? I said, okay, maybe some singers will know it's not perfect. But that's okay because at the end of the day, it wasn't about me anymore. Once you put it out in the world, it's about bringing joy and bringing pleasure and loving something that you do and wanting to share it and elevating the human experience through music. That's what it was about. It was no longer about me. It's not for me to enjoy anymore. It's for, guess what? I might enjoy it and somebody else might hate it. And I realized, wow, I might think something is perfect. And somebody else might think it's trash or they might hate it. And that luckily that's not how it was received. But I do know, you know, there were a couple of comments that I was kind of like, whatever. And it didn't bother me because at the, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, you know what? It wasn't for me. It was for everyone else. So if that's what some people felt like, oh, I don't know. But the majority of people, I mean, and literally you guys over, and I put that CD out in 2005 two comments is what I recall other comp that were negative other comments were I mean it's just been amazing so fast forward there was another project I was working on and I remember the person wanted me to do all these different arias and I mean arias that weren't even in my fach okay arias that I had no business singing quite frankly um So I said, you know, he was like, oh, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. And I'm sure that anybody else he worked with, he, you know, they were probably so used to being like, oh, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. And in my mind, as an independent classical singer, I'm like, I've got to put this out. I'm going to make it as good as I can. And then I'm going to just set it and forget it, you know, because I'm going to make it. I'm not going to put trash out. I'm going to do the best I can and put it out because it's no longer about me. It's about really what is the intention of me doing this music. And that is to bring um, pleasure and joy to someone else, not just to me. So, you know, I learned to really kind of set my boundaries with that. And I said, I'm doing it. He wasn't happy, but I was just like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to record this and it is what it's going to be. And I'm going to let, I'm going to let everyone else decide, you know, I'm going to let everyone else decide. And now I think if you're probably keep in mind, I think if you're working with um, some big record label or some, you know, somebody else always has something to say. So I think that's what, where there is a bit of a difference. Okay. But when you're, you know, your own artist and you do your own thing, you can pretty much put out what you want, when you want, how you want, that kind of thing. But that is the most empowering thing is that you have to be a perfectionist, but at the same time, perfectionism will get in your way and prevent you from doing stuff. Like it'll slow you down sometimes if you kind of don't let it go. And perfectionism to me, I'm wondering if it's more of an ego trip than anything else. You know, is it an ego trip? Oh, it's got to be sound. It's got to sound so good where it's our ego, it's us. But then when you kind of remove that and you realize, oh, wait, it's really not for me. It's really for somebody else. You know, it's really for the public. It's really for the public to, 
enjoy. And the intention of when I recorded it, it wasn't just for me to just go in and record some stuff and put it out. It was really for me to spread some love to the world, you know, and, and, and make somebody feel good. And if you feel good, you're going to treat other people good or other people well. And, and that's, that's what I wanted. You know, that's always my intention when I, when I put out some music, you know, some people might like it, some people might not like it, but that's okay. Um, and you know, and being a perfectionist, you guys, we got to get out of, uh, not getting stuff done because we're so in our own heads about making it perfect. Sometimes guess what? There's no such thing as perfect because your perfect is somebody else's, oh, this wasn't that good. Can you imagine how many people put out something where they put their heart and soul into it and then somebody else says, uh, oh, I hated it. Oh, I didn't like it at all. It happens all the time. So really, who are we to be? We can be the best versions of ourselves. I think that's all we can do, quite frankly. You know what the best version of yourself is. You know when you try really hard to, you know what, this is the best, I, I think I can get it. And then you got to step back and step out of your way. So our, what does perfectionism mean to you? Is it something that hinders you from doing a lot of things? I want to hear from you. I would love for you guys to just just either leave a note or comment a message uh, for me, Harbor for the Arts Instagram. You can email me, Bridget at BrieCooper.net. Um, you can go to my website. You can go to my other Instagram page, Brie Cooper Mezzo Soprano. Um, yeah, I, I want to hear about your view of what it means to be a perfectionist. And does it get in your way? So, you guys, that's it for me this week. I hope you really enjoyed it. Please let me know if you have any subjects or topics you want me to, to discuss. I am more than happy to talk about it with you. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing day. I hope you are spreading some love and some joy, all of that stuff. And go to my website. Definitely, I have a merch store. So definitely go check that out. Enjoy yourselves today. Go love somebody. Go hug on somebody. Go treat somebody super well. Go treat yourself well. Be a little forgiving of yourself, you guys. We gotta be a little more forgiving of ourselves. I mean, I that was that that was big for me this year as well. Learning to just be a bit nicer to myself. So you do that because if you're nice to yourself, you're going to be nice to other people. And uh, have a really great week, you guys. Love you. Bye.